Okay, welcome back to another episode of Peace Stop, the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer, also brought to you by Technica Ski Boots and Blizzard Skis. And I'm very thrilled to announce that we have Steve Nyman on the show today. Steve Nyman, part of the brainchild and birth behind this podcast, so uh, and also a uh, longtime guest on the show, I, I, I guess you'd imagine. Steven, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, as usual. I like my uh, yearly stop by. <laughs> and so you guys, and you you and your family are hanging out in uh, in Jackson at the moment, is that correct? Yeah. Um, all winter long, we were planning on, we, we've had our sights on this cabin in the woods, and uh, we're planning on closing in March, and with my injury, uh, we moved it up a little bit, but moved here end of February, and just kind of redoing the house and living with the kid and doing rehab and and it's been great oh man you that that like what you just described right there i've got this just romantic idea of like you know steve nyman in the woods chopping firewood and just raising a family off the grid or something like that is the point oh, yeah <laughs> I, I roll in with all the logs and charlotte has uh, my fresh deer kill on the grill you know and <laughs> that's, that's that's the vision is it is it is Jackson uh, uh, going to be a a, a long term residence for you? Because I know you guys have lived in Park City as well. Yeah, uh, further along down the line, as long as I'm racing, Park City is the main base, and um, and that's where a lot of the training happens, and the ski team is, and all that stuff. But uh, I love it out here. I love the Inner Mountain West and the 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 Triangle, the Sun Valley, Jackson. Park City Triangle that we got going, so oh yeah, you know, you'll see plenty of me around. I'll see plenty of you around. <laughs> I like. I hope I, I. I'm. I'm counting on that. Yes, sir. So, uh, Steve, when we were talking uh, b- before the show, just about you know uh, different aspects of of your season and the skiing and kind of where the podcast has gone this year, you know, top uh, topographically and whatnot, and. Um, you know, and, and and just your perspective probably rings the the strongest of 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 any. But that internal self motivation, that self belief that you know we all need to have in life. But just especially in a sport like ski racing, that is just by and large so unforgiving, and yet. A lot of us, you know, we get we get knocked down every single day and get back on that bull and keep going. And um, I just I feel like you know, um, you know, this is something that I think athletes and parents alike could definitely grasp onto, especially coming from your perspective. Yeah, I've I've, I've been through a lot, and um, this is a tough go right now with two knee injuries within a year's time it's 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 brutal it's a nice kick to the balls but <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but I've, I've been through a lot of ups and downs and i've had a lot of tough injuries and two broken legs torn achilles several broken ribs lots of back problems um and now two knees but it's 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 the love of the sport that keeps me going and 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 it's that's what picks me back up, and it's and, and it's also my belief of knowing that I can do really well. Uh, 
2013-14 season, uh, I had very high expectations, and the year was just horrendous. And basically, everybody had counted me out. A lot of my sponsors had counted me out. Um, I, I, but I, I knew, and I believed that I could do what I needed to do. I just needed to put the pieces in place. And skiing's complex. It's super complex with uh, all the the equipment, with uh, learning the various uh, snow types types, events, the disciplines, I should say, um, the mental game, the, the fear aspect, uh, there's just the variability that goes on, and and you have to step back and you have to look at all those pieces and, and put them in place, and that's kind of what I did, and I just said, okay, I need this coaching, I need this type of training, I need uh, X approach, I, I basically just kind of you just have to step back and you have to uh, look at all the pieces and put them in place. And um, I believe once I put those pieces in place, I could be one of the best in the world. And, and I had some amazing seasons after that. Um, the, the, the companies basically signed me to one-year deals and I just made them performance-based. And I just said, just wait. Like, if I do well, I'd like to be compensated. But if not, it's fine. But I, I believed in myself and uh, I turned a lot of heads and regenerated a lot of belief within uh, our group and um, myself. And I, I always had that belief, but um, it's it's doing something like that and, and you have to harness that inner belief. But then when you're talking about getting injured and getting beat down and, and, and having to get back up, that's, that's tough. But when that occurs, you have to um, really compartmentalize and think on the positives. And uh, like this year, I was skiing at 70%. My left leg was nowhere near where it needed to be. It was such a severe injury and such a, a, a stretch to come back and compete at the top level that um, I was scared racing downhill this year. And when I injured my other knee, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity to bring my left leg to where it needs to be. My right knee injury, my current one, is not, it's not that severe, and I can get back to 100% by season's beginning to where I, I look at this as another opportunity to get to that top place. But I'm 36 years old, and a lot of people are like, man, He's old, but he's he's still going, and I still believe I can compete with the best, and I can be at the top. So um, it's it's funny. People think I'm crazy, but I'm <laughs> I believe in myself. Well, I I certainly believe in you, Stephen. And I've never, for the record, I've never been one of those people who doubted you. But I think uh, you know that like, part of part of are you speaking to like in a way like. Um, getting closure in a way like like once you reach that level that you absolutely know you're capable of or at least may or may, may even maintain that is that is that when you're gonna get to a point where you're gonna be like okay maybe now I can start closing the door on this or wrapping this up I mean is it just because you I mean do you feel this this internal motivation still because you feel like you still haven't had your best runs yet no I, I, I do it because I love it and I've always mm-hmm. said I want to do it as long as I feel like I can 
compete at the top and I'm healthy and, and I feel like I still have more gas in the tank. Um, and as long as Charlotte still supports me. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she's always supported me and she's always been there and she's got my back and, um, she's the one actually that has had more belief in me than most people. And, uh, that's that's been huge to have that support behind me all the time. Well, they say behind every great man's an even greater woman, so I, I find that easy to believe, Stephen. <laughs> I think it's just pretty great. Absolutely, and having a personal relationship with her uh, myself as well, I, I, I can I can uh, attest to that. I think it's kind of interesting that you created incentive bases with the sponsors. I mean, did that add? Does that add another level of motivation or a chip on your shoulder that? that got, kind of fires up another gear for you? Uh, it's definitely a chip on the shoulder, but it's, there's, in, in every opportunity, or in every every uh, challenge, there's opportunity. And, and I looked at that opportunity to kind of leverage those deals and, and just know that there's, there's a possibility. It's not like people have shut me out. And I've been super fortunate to have Fisher behind me all the time. And I've had some dark years and I have some great years and they've always been there and they've had some good years and bad years as well. Um, mm-hmm. Some years skis just were not good, but I stuck with them. And, and some years the skis were great and I just wasn't good at all. And mm-hmm. they stuck with me. And so I really appreciate that and their family for sure. So um, something I really believed in over the years is just creating those relationships with those in industry and, and out of industry companies. Um, you got to treat it like family and they'll respect you that much more. Um, I enjoy doing a lot of my own deals. I enjoy, uh, that aspect of the sport as well. And I think they have more respect for the athlete when, when we're the one that's communicating and we're not sending an agent on them to, do all the work it's 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 coming from our mouth and um we're the liable ones yeah i think that 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 probably says a lot for about you and you know at the same time uh helps that i mean i think one of the biggest you know when you do lack of communication or not not have not having face-to-face time i mean people tend to develop their own thoughts and theories that have nothing to do with the person but directly relate to that person because they just don't know enough. So I think by having that relationship and developing that relationship, you're always getting the benefit of the doubt. I mean, do you feel like, you know, even times when, when you felt like you've been counted out that a lot of these people have given you the benefit, these, these, these different um, components of giving you the benefit of the doubt saying we know we know who you are and we want to stick with you for that reason um there's times where that's been the case but there's also times where they've been like i thought you were done. like they've been what's cool is they're brutally honest with me they're just sure. like i thought you were done but you proved me wrong and that's really cool and and i'm glad we're still together which is uh, a fun thing to hear and that, that brings motivation as well. Um, I want to go back to um, you know the, the the thought that you that you that you mentioned earlier um, when, when we first started this conversation. You talked about um, 
you know, people, groups and sponsors and whatnot disbelieving you. Was there any time early on in your career? Like, it sounds like you've got a pretty good uh, frame mindset in that you're able to separate that from you and what your ultimate goals are. And I think that speaks to your maturity in a lot of ways. But I think I'm wondering, what I'm wondering is if there was a time early on when, when you started to have success, you started to have uh, get more sponsorship, and then you know you've got the ski team counting on you, going here's our next guy. You've got um, you know a country behind you. I mean, does it start to to feel like others are counting on you, and then does that convolute your focus, or did that did that ever convolute the focus? Um, I think it's tough when you're called upon like that um that was that was one thing i i I rose to the top pretty quick and then the top came a lot of demands and i didn't really know how to say no i was i was always like yeah yeah yeah, great opportunity let's do this and and it's it's easy not it's not easy but to get to the top and to win once is a lot easier than to get to the top and maintain that and um I didn't really have the greatest guidance on consistency at the top level until a few years ago. And, um, it's, it's really just being disciplined and recognizing what got you to there and what is required to get to that point and to make that the priority and then do the other stuff on the side. And, um, because, a lot of people don't really care once you start skiing slow. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, as long as you're skiing fast, people will want you, and you'll always have those opportunities. So to to make that the priority and the focus, and then um, juggle the other things is is kind of the way you gotta look at it. But it's tough when a lot of opportunities are dangled in your face. Yeah, and I and I, again, like I said, I think it speaks to your maturity in that you know when it comes down to it, and you know I have this conversation with thirteen-year-olds who are crying out loud, like you know looking out for number one. Make sure your first priority is making sure you're doing everything that you need to do. Everything else does come second, but I think you t- you touched upon it right there that you know when other people start getting into the picture and start counting on you, that that can get that can create a little bit of confusion. Um, you said it wasn't until a few years ago that you got some top level guidance. What was that? Any particular one person, or was that a, a kind of an epiphany you had on your own, or how did how did you get to that to, to this understanding or realization? Um, we had a a few coaches um, that came in, I guess, in twelve, thirteen, thirteen, fourteen. Uh, Andy Evers from Austria. He just he was so simple, and he was so um, his his coaching approach. Uh, he basically got us. And he's like, "You guys can't even go on a straight line fast. Like we we have a lot of work here, and we have a lot of stuff to fix. But I believe that you can be one of the fastest guys in the world." And that brought a lot of motivation because Andy is he's, he's a quiet guy, but he coached Herman and Aberharder and. And Volkoffer, he was he's the winningest coach in World Cup history. This guy is incredible. And uh, when he came in, he showed us just a really professional approach. And um, he showed me how to really 
maintain myself throughout the season, how to be prepared for the season, how to look at things skill-based and how to work on those skills. Um, and he also brought in a real trainer, Tony Bretsky, who um, taught me a lot about the physical side. I've always been uh, a strong guy, and I've always been able to do well in the beginning of the season. But mm-hmm. as the season went on, I would just I'd, I'd collapse, and I just didn't have that longevity. And he taught me a lot about the maintenance physically throughout the season. Um, he taught about mental approach. He taught about uh, the approach in the gym and how to look at what we need to build and how it transfers to skis. Um, he's a, both of those guys were a really, really big help in, in my uh, ability to become consistent, which was always a goal of mine, but I, I couldn't figure it out. And, um, and I feel indebted to them. And I, and, and I thought they were uh, a nice, how do I say it? Sorry, kids crying in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fine. It's you the real your, world. You lose your train of thought sometimes, but I, I thought they were a, a very a good crew to learn from, and they taught me a lot, and um, I still stay in tight communication with them. And then, I mean, I, I just assume, well, I don't, I'm not assuming here, but like, it, it sounds to me like these guys came along at a critical time where you are ready for some sort of new next level or further understanding of what it is that you needed to do. I think, is that, is that safe to say? Um, yeah, basically. Um, I was, I was sick of skiing injured. I was, the, the team wasn't in a great place. We all basically, Marco was really injured that year. I was injured. Um, a lot of guys were just hanging on. I don't. I don't know if anybody even made World Cup finals. And aside from Bodie, and it was um, it was tough. And Sasha just said, "All right, we got several guys lined up. Come to World Cup finals." I torn my Achilles that year. And he said, "We have several guys lined up. Come to World Cup finals and um, see what coaches you'd like." And I, I interviewed a few different guys, and I was like, "Andy seems like a." a great coach and why not like he's the winningest coach ever and he didn't speak the greatest English but he learned over time and um, it was funny a lot of the communication was uh, a lot of sound effects and a lot of uh, visual cues um, which is kind of the way you learn a lot of people learn you can learn verbally you can learn visually you can learn by feel um, and and it got broken down to some very simple communication, which um, I tend to think that U.S. ski racing, we tend to make skiing way more complex than it is. Sure. Sure. I think that's part of part of the revere, though, that we have, considering we're not Europe. But I think I think it, to, to speak to that point and digress for a second, I think that in the U.S. we can't we, we can't be afraid of who we are. And to chase Europe and to chase other models, I think it time it's good to reflect on what we're doing against those things. But we can't be afraid of who we are. Um, but to speak to Sasha's uh, Sasha there in a second, I mean, obviously he's got a tremendous respect, a, a tremendous amount of respect for, for you as an athlete. If he's giving you the opportunity to say, "Hey, come to World Cup Finals," 
and start meeting with coaches and see what clicks. I mean, you know, is, is he is he putting the team, the speed team, in your hands? It's it's been uh, kind of like that, I guess. Um, but he's he's Sasha's been incredible, and he's been um, great at communicating with me in my desires and what I want. And we have a, a killer tight knit group with uh, Scotty and Becco and Petey. Uh, they've gone through five, six years together with us, and, and I love having those guys around. They're guys I grew up racing with, and they're guys that I have supreme trust in. We've gone through three different head coaches, from Andy to Alex Holdemoser to Jono McBride right now, and I, I, all those guys have been great with us and um it's it, it was unfortunate with andy he just had some um some legal issues to put it simply right why he couldn't stay with us but um he was a uh he was a, he was a great coach and alex is a great coach all these guys just busted their butts and and wanted to see us uh become the best that we can be and and i appreciate that from all of them and uh, do you think that part of part of their inspiration and why they they were so great to you guys has to do with just like, you know, your tight knit group? I mean, do they, they is it pretty easy? I would assume it'd be pretty easy for them to recognize that. Wow, we have a great we have a great dynamic amongst these guys. Just how do we how do we make it so it's elite level or more elite? Right. I mean, is that part of it? Like you guys just welcome them right I, I think into the they group. Just keep it right. It's like they have talent. We have to, we have to give them that opportunity. Um, as a group, as athletes, we try and foster that uh, team camaraderie. I think that's something as Americans that we have to uh, remain focused on because we pick up shop and we move to Europe and we live there all winter long, and, and there's not a lot of separation between us. Um, Whereas the Europeans, they can go home and then they show up and they train and then they go home and, and they don't really have to have that team unit that the Americans or the Canadians have to have. And so um, that's something that I found is, is just trying to bring, bring our guys together and, and keep that camaraderie high throughout the season. But the best thing that does that is good results. Like yeah. when everybody's skiing well and everybody's skiing fast, everybody's happy, and <laughs> we can always try and make everybody happy. But um, if people aren't skiing well, it's it's a tough situation to be around. So um, I think I think first and foremost is just establishing that talent and establishing um, good skiing, and then the group will be a good tight-knit crew absolutely and i think that that in a greater sense boils back down to the first point of self-motivation now now we're talking about the next layer of team motivation i mean and still we're not even i don't know what that third layer is yet but um we still haven't even gotten to the we haven't even gotten to the governing body or the sponsors again i mean that i think what we've what we're what we're capitalizing on here is the fact that that stuff really isn't supposed to be in that inner circle picture to, to help to make things thrive. Those are just, you know, details on the sidelines. 
But um, I want to kind of go back to the the individuals, like you talk about Andy and Tony and whatnot. And I, I just, what what was, and I, and I have to believe that you, you've, you've had a lot of exposure to even other coaches that have impressed you and whatnot. But what is it that about these guys or these coaches that you've had or the ones that have turned, turned, you know, kind of turned your head? I mean, is it, is it a timing thing? Like they come, they, you, they these different perspectives find you at a different time, or is it an approach that they have that that seems to fit? Or like, what are, what is it about them and your relationship with them that makes makes them so so much more impactful than maybe other great coaches? Um, I'd say it's a focus factor. I'd say it's uh, their ability to get business done and do it. Um, do it here and now, and let's go and and execute. It's 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 all about execution, which is what I thought set them apart. I feel like in the U.S. we can give people the opportunity and set a course and say figure it out and have fun and let's go. And it's like there's there's a system, there's a program, um, there's there's a. Uh, a knowledge behind and a reason behind everything that we were were doing, um, and I thought that's what really set them apart. It wasn't uh, a shotgun approach: go sling your guns and have fun. Um, I that's 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 something that I think uh, we need to really be cognizant of, and we need to have a, a professional approach, and we need to have a. Uh, a focus when we're doing things um what i thought was interesting with andy was he was like all right here's your downhill course and you have four runs and that's it now figure out how to make it happen and he's training you to execute when called upon instead of setting a downhill course and saying we have three hours to train he's he's training the ability to perform on demand instead of ski 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 figure it out figure it out figure it out it's like he's actually saying okay do this now do this now do this which was really really cool um am i making sense there you know it wasn't oh absolutely okay it was it was uh it's it the it going back to the focus back it's all about knowing what you're trying to accomplish and going out and accomplishing it instead of going out there and just trying to figure it out well, and I think that what you what you're saying too is that the you as an athlete has a clear understanding of that. It's not just uh, coaches assuming that you know, oh, we're training GS today. You should be working on this. It's we're going out to train GS today. This is the goal of the session. This is what's expected of you. This is what we're going to do. And so you're so right away you're like, okay, this is this is what I need to plan on on on, on be, having success with tomorrow or this afternoon or whatever and. So already, you, you know, you have a stronger mindset going into it. And that, that to me, makes plenty of sense. Um, uh, well, so another another good guy that I've started working with the past few years is uh, Craig Manning. And he's a sports psych out of Utah. And he's a big guy tennis game. I think he works with Kevin Love, the Cavaliers, the Milwaukee Bucks. He, he's, he's a he's a big-time dude, but he works with our Olympic crew. Um, he worked with the uh, free skiers and, and um, 
now with us starting three or four years ago he started working with us and his whole approach is just focus on simple things like you have three two three things a day mm-hmm. but make sure those are your focuses and those are your skills you want to develop and you go out and you train to make those skills habitual and then once they become habitual you move on to the next thing and and every day you're going into it with that sort of focus and um the other thing is really communicating that with your coaches like what is what is it you want to accomplish what is it how do you interpret what they're saying how do you interpret uh uh or feel this thing that you're trying to accomplish and um communicate that with them so they can watch out for that and then you can actually together as a group move forward and and work and build build upon those things instead of being alone and so you're trying to figure out having them tell you different if you can put it all on a platter and and work together as a team which is what the whole point is then uh, it makes that whole movement that much more powerful i think in in terms of uh coaching uh texts textbooks of coaching and and Whatnot. I believe what we're really speaking towards right now is is the importance of process goals, your your, your day to day process goals, and being oh, exactly. and being yeah. super super uh, focused on those because and and I, I love what you said about what what can we do right now. I think it's easy to you know for a tired, burnt out individual to go well. You know, we'll put this away for a couple of months and we'll get back to it versus what can we do right now that is going to adjust and refocus us to where we need to be? Because I think, you know, when you're talking about high level athletes and, and, and guys and you, like you and, and, and your teammates, you know, the skill set is there. The skill set's there. You didn't get there by accident. There wasn't like there wasn't a, a moment where it, it just clicked and then it went away. I mean, you guys are cr- clearly... Um, on on where or are where you are because you that you earned it, but at the same time, you know we talk about the convolution of other things and sometimes you know and even snow surface and whatnot. And it's this when you're trying to compete at that elite level, at the same time there are little moments day to day that can d- distract that or at least make you feel like that elite level is far away. And by continuing to have process goals on a daily basis. Or on a moment-to-moment basis, even, you know, you're keeping that in focus because well, I mean, what's the ultimate goal? Is to be skiing fast all the time, right? Yeah. Well, it's 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 funny and it's so simple, but it's like all the stuff is stuff you can use in life, and you're just like, what do you want to accomplish today? You know, I have like my little hit list on my phone of reminders that I want to do, and sometimes it's so hard, and and. It's, it's, life can be so complex and there's so much stuff going on around us and and we're in everybody else's lives with social media and all that stuff and it's just like simplify everything and, and just keep it to a couple things and that's when you actually really get stuff done and when you're when you're spread out too thin, you got this over there and this over there and this over there you're, you're not going to get much done mm-hmm. as opposed to keeping it very simple, having those focuses and knocking those out piece by piece, then you're like, you see that real true progression. 
Self-motivation and keeping it simple. Stephen Nyman. <laughs> hey, simple dude. Hey, thank you very much for uh, making me one of your hit lists today uh, to so we could do this. And, uh, you know, I, I obviously always appreciative of how candid you are and, and able to um, speak with such clarity towards uh, skiing and, and how it relates to all the other facets of life. Um, I hope uh, I hope I get to see you in Jackson this weekend. Uh, obviously, uh, there's there's I'm going to have to keep my day in perspective as well. But uh, hopefully, the opportunity finds itself. Uh, no worries, and good luck to your kids. Good luck to all those racing the next weekends, and uh, best to you. Hope to see you soon. Nyman, thank you again, and we really I really appreciate it. Thanks, Taco. You've been listening to Peace Off, the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer, also brought to you in part by Technica Ski Boots and Blizzard Skis. Thanks again for listening in.